The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business on News Talk. I'm joined by Aoife Kearns, who is uh, our own News Talk reporter, and John Lee, executive editor of DMG Media, to look at the stories making the news today. And unsurprisingly, there is an awful lot of coverage and discussion about that. Now, I've been trying to find the correct noun because protest isn't it. Rebellion isn't it either because it didn't seem to be a rebellion again. Kerfuffle, mess, riot, whatever you want to call it. But that incident outside the door, um, the Irish Times is telling us McEntee urges use of anti-terror laws to curb obstruction of uh, state governance. And there's a lot of analysis about that very difficult catch-22 of do you, by policing heavily, create quasi-martyrs who then get more um, people supporting their cause? Or by being light-touched, do you uh, allow um, this kind of movement to grow and to grow in strength? John Lee, obviously, with the journalistic hat on, has uh, thoughts and analysis, what with being both the editor and a former political correspondent for a long time. Before that, though, you have literal skin in the game. Yeah, and I was. I do work part of my week still in Leinster House, um, and I was there that day. And I'm telling you, it was it was far above what I've witnessed in the past. Um, the the problems are with, with not the rank and file guardy, but guard management. To me, but hang on a minute, your little girl was there. But my wife is also. I'm often asked to disclose on this radio station when I'm doing elections, um, uh, helping out that my wife is a Fianna Fáil senator, Lorraine Clifford Lee, and she. Um, we share bringing my daughter home from school. She goes to school in, in on Stevens Green, and she's a nine year old. So she, Kitty came back to the came back to Leinster House with Lorraine. Lorraine had been jostled and whatever else outside, but she still had to get home. So she, she came back to get the car, and she actually had to go to a funeral. And um, they were stopped getting out the gate, so, as were scores of other TDs mm. and senators. So. The guards then decided the only way to get people out was to form a convoy, push the crowd aside, create some kind of sterile um, corridor that the, the car safely could get down. I understand she'd confirmed this or not, but it was told that on the day that um, Mary Lou MacDonald, for instance, was in this convoy. She'd get back to her constituency. She has young children as well. They are human beings, all mm-hmm. of these people. And... Um, Kitty had to be put on the floor of the car and, a, and a t- there was no blanket in the car and a towel put over her head and was asking my wife, is you know, is your is your face on one of those effigies, etc, etc. And she's a tough little girl, you know, and she's been around politics and oh, journalism. But I did ask her the following morning, what, had she been scared? She said she was, you know, it was... Um, and like I've been in, co- I've covered, I've covered... But hang on a minute, we're talking about a situation where there, when you say effigies, there, there are fake gallows there are people, um, there are faces of politicians on printed out A4 sheets of paper with, with sort of mock execution style in the way that the mm. images are being portrayed. And there are grown men and women screaming things like paedophiles and traitors. And your daughter, who is nine, is being driven through the midst of this. That has to be extraordinary. Yeah, and, and like, you know, I've been in these situations. I'm a grown man. I can take, uh, look after myself. You know, I was there that day. P- politicians, but m- more prosaically, uh, um, Leinster House workers were being physically jostled and be- only because Gardaí stepped into, uh, taking their own initiative, stepped into the crowd to protect my wife, for instance, when she was going to Buswell's to do a, an event. We all saw Michael Healy Ray. Um, but if a car with a child in it, and there may have been other children in, involved in all of this, has to leave Leinster House under the protection of Gardaí with the child and a, and a woman not knowing what's going to come through the window, who's going to jump in front of your car, um, roaring uh, the most vile, um, disgusting 
uh, accusations that politicians they don't even know. I mean, what kind of country have we, have we become that that because you're a politician or a Leinster House worker or a fella who who works in the in the bar in Leinster House that you have to subject yourself in your way uh, going to and from work? And you know, it's laughable, for instance, that. Um, Helen McEntee's um, uh, advisors or whoever it was would leak to the Irish Times going to use anti-terror legislation. There is legislation there to deal with public order. The guard of management, I do not blame um, uh, the rank and file, although the rank and file have been so scared out of their wits of doing anything out of line for, for fear of facing internal or external um, <coughs> um, disciplinary action, won't take that initiative. But guard of management, it's very simple. You deploy... There's only 300, um, whatever they are, down there that day protesting. You would deploy a similar number, public order, body armoured, equipped guardie. And the message, as I've seen in Paris myself when I've been there, um, when I've, I've been in Helsinki, I've been in um, New York, Chicago, on, on government business, where I've seen that, that, those, that kind of presence deployed. And you then save, you may give the message, OK, you do what you do. But if you step out of line, this is this is what's okay, going to happen. If I want to get your re- reaction in a second, before that though, let me just devil's advocate it a bit, John, because there there will undoubtedly be people listening who will say, "Look, by virtue of the fact of your little girl being involved in this, your wife being involved in this, you are emotionally invested in it, and are therefore blind to the reality that people have a right to protest, and obviously a focal point for protest or whatever that was." is the Houses of Parliament, which is all in Senate. So this is legitimate, albeit aggressive, expression of political dissatisfaction. You know, I've long experienced in separating, and, and I've, I've been open to these accusations because I'm married to a politician. Um, I was a, a journalist long before I met my wife, a political journalist, and I've, I'm long experienced in separating the personal from, from, the, um, from, the, um, from business. Um, you know, I was in Leinster House in 2015, for instance, when anti-austerity protesters got completely out of line. There was another occasion where uh, Republican protesters got through the gate. But, I, I, you know, I have friends in politics. I'm working as a political journalist for over 20, sorry, for 20 years now. Um, uh, you know, it's there was a woman killed in, in, in Britain, Joe, Joe Cox. There have been um, the the Capitol building in the United States was attacked at the behest. He's now facing criminal charges for it of the president With of the United States. With a number of fatalities, it's worth saying. It's it's what do we have to wait for? And like it's 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 personal on the level that I work in Leinster House for parts of the week that I have friends in politics, but I have people who are telling me that they're out, at, they're they're scared to conduct clinics, um, they're they're afraid to go around their constituency. We had a junior minister, uh, Anne Rabbit, had throw had excrement thrown at her at at, at a um, at at a uh, political meeting recently. And I would add, I would add, the three leaders of our of our party of our of our government are in New York at the moment. Now they may have winged their way home. They certainly weren't coming home to to look after their their parliamentary colleagues in the last few days. Quickly, they were they were abroad with twenty four hour security that they have abroad when they're in the United States. The Secret Service protect them. All cabinet ministers here, including Helen McEntee, the Minister for Justice, have 24-hour armed security with high-spec cars to get them out of these situations. And I, I, I also add, I spoke to a woman, for instance, who I'd seen on social media had been harassed, who was a, a, an ordinary worker, a civil servant in Leinster House, and she wasn't permitted to come in a particular entrance by the Gardaí. 
and was forced to go back through a crowd who were jostling her, pushing her, whatever other physical contact went went on, I won't go into. Um, roaring, misogynistic, sexualized abuse at her. And the guards wouldn't let her in the gate. She'd go back around and, and, and face these people again. What kind of country are we where, where an ordinary person going to do a day's work has to face this kind of stuff? It's well, not protesting. And there are laws that stop you and I, my mother, my, my, my brother, my sister, anyone else, for being harassed in okay. the street. Eva, what of the suggestion <laughs> that, th- that this is an expression of disan- disenfranchisement and that the lesson mm. that we draw from this is a societal one that if people feel like this, we, body politic society, have in some way made a hand of it? Well, I mean, politicians over the past number of days, I was at the National Ploughing Championships and obviously those that were over in New York at the UN, they gave their take on this. Um, But I was at the ploughing. There's no doubt in the world that politicians feel as though um, this is a, you know, it's a dangerous time, Micheál Martin saying and referring to what happened in the UK. Um, Obviously, uh, Joe Cox, what happened to her. Um, So I guess just from that kind of, element, when you look to the UK, you look to the US and we have seen scenes like this. We've seen the storming of Capitol Hill. This isn't new. We're just finally, it's just after coming here, which is concerning. But just to slightly kind of verge away, I do think that social media and the role it has to play is really significant. Um, As you said there, you wonder, are people thinking that there are people, that these are people, that these are mothers, fathers, um, you know, have families. I think there's this kind of disconnect on social media where people think it's a free for all. You can say whatever you want and they forget that there's someone at the other end. The bit that I don't understand in that, Eve, is I can understand that in social media. I mean, oddly, I had um, Eamon Ryan on the programme the other week and Eamon Ryan put out a tweet about being on the show and he, he tagged me in it, tagged the show in it. So I woke up the next morning and there's a hundred and something notification thinking, what scandal am I involved in? And I read through and it is just a litany of abuse against Eamon Ryan. Oh, how, do you, like, how do you go through every day knowing as soon as I open my phone, it'll just be character assassination. But fine, mm. I can understand it on Twitter because it feels like the person isn't real. But when you've got cars with people coming out and you're screaming in the windows at them. Yeah, well, I think that's the difference. And that's the difference, I think, particularly since the pandemic, that this kind of rhetoric on social media has transferred to the streets. I know I don't know about yourself, John, but you know this isn't the first time that you know politicians have been screamed at outside Leinster House. Journalists, workers. This is just the biggest event and the most concerning event that we've seen. It has gotten out to the streets um, in the past year or two at least and yeah like I guess you know people do have their right to protest and every single politician that has responded to this has said it's vital in a democracy that people have you know the opportunity to voice uh, their concerns Um, but you know like as you said there it's, it's staff members they don't know who they're targeting. They're not thinking outside of the box. Well, they're not thinking of these people as people. They're thinking of them as as a whole. This well, is the establishment. This goes to the motivation. And before you come in, um, John, there's a, there's a clip that I want to play you, which was um, Kieran during the week on The Hard Shoulder was talking to uh, Joe Brawley about this. And Joe Brawley's thesis mm. was that this has nothing to do with political motivation, but rather it is the sheer joy of expressing hatred and the addictiveness of hatred. Mm. Here's Joe's view. Hate is transferable, it's completely irrational. And there's a very interesting book called Pastels and Paedophiles by Sophia Moskalenko and Mia Bloom, 
which illustrates how it's addictive. So you start off like any addict mm. taking drugs, for example, doesn't address the underlying causes of your pain. You need more and you need more. And a very good example is what's happened with the very small hit movement that's here. So they start off, they're online. Everyone's a paedophile. You know, all of a sudden, transgender people who've lived peaceably amongst us. I've been a barrister at the whole face in criminal law for 30 years. I've never defended a transgender. None of my colleagues that I know have ever defended a transgender person. Peaceable, law-abiding, going about their business. So they're online and they start to agree with each other. They get a kick from that and they get a thrill from mm. the abuse. But then that's not enough. So now you go out on a protest and you hold up your placards. You know, drag queens are paedophiles. You know, immigrants are, are rapists and paedophiles. You know, and my, my favourite, you know, unvetted males of fighting age, whatever yes. that means. And after a while, that's not enough. And now you go into libraries and you start to confront frightened and be bewildered librarians about the pornographic material in the library. And then that's not enough. And then you're outside the Doyle. And I'll tell you something. If that critter from Kerry, if Michael Healy Ray, who all five foot four of them, had not had two very courageous guards escorting mm. him the whole way through that gamut of hate, he would have been beaten to a pulp because that's where it ends. Is he right? Of course he's right. And, um, you know, I, 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 as I say, female um, politicians I spoke to had to be escorted in a similar way and they just weren't captured on social media, you know. I, I, I listened to a podcast with um, Dan Snow. He interviewed a, um, a just just relative to social media. Uh, he interviewed a Holocaust survivor, um, Max Eisen. I just checked his name there. And he, he actually died recently. He was in his, uh, well into his 90s. And he was asked about the rise of anti-Semitism um, uh, internationally of late. Uh, this is last summer. And he said, well, you know, I was in um, Nazi Germany in the 30s and it started with words and then it started with burning books. And then it ended up where we all know where it ended up. Mm. You cannot underestimate the, 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 the influence of conspiracy theories and um, flawed thinking and hatred and disenfranchisement. That's all fine. You can feel that way. It's questionable whether you should speak that way. There are laws against that as well and write that way. But you certainly can't act the way people are acting. And, you know, the Guardia are in a situation where they've no confidence in their management. They've voted that. They appear to me in a number of situations to be afraid to use the, the, their well-earned initiatives because Although, of... But it has to be said, John, even because of, across you, but be, even beyond the, the guard, the policing, the more public order issues of it. Interesting text saying, I'm a librarian. Staff around the country yeah. have been subjected, been frightened in the workplace. They've been called groomer, paedophile and other names. They've been afraid to leave their place of work. They've been questioned about their sexuality. They've been subjected to being recorded and shared on social media. And a lot of texts talking about the, the level of guard resources. 53106 is a cost of 30 cent or 087-1400-106. This is, I suspect, something that we and other programmes will be returning to, unfortunately, mm. ad infinitum in the next couple of weeks and months. There are other um, stories in the papers today, including um, much lighter ones, particularly, apparently, according to the Indo, um, if a, a story suggesting that there's an annoyance in RTE after, quotes, celebrity booker hired for the late, late falls flat. Now, last night, for the second time, a guest said to Patrick Healy, I'm on because you made me come on. It doesn't give much evidence of a celebrity booker. No, absolutely not. And look, 
I have kind of mixed views on the whole idea of celebrity in the Late Late Show. Yes, if people know there's a big star going to go on the Late Late Show, they'll go in and they'll tune on, tune on their television. But if you look back to the likes of Gay Byrne and even thinking about Paddy Keelty himself, he came on the Late Late Show as a young lad um, from County Down getting into comedy and even Tommy Tiernan. People don't even know who's going on his show. So this whole idea, I think people are obsessed with the idea of getting the big stars on the Late Late Show. Look, I think the Late Late Show is still trying to kind of establish itself. We don't know, is it a Tommy Tiernan style or a Graham Norton style or what it is. We're in the very early days, but I don't necessarily buy into this whole idea that you have to have the big star on. Um, But what I will say um, is I don't think that um, the RTE canteen will do either. Just look, I mean, there's so many amazing people in this country, so many people with fantastic viewpoints, um, fantastic careers, do lots of different things. Doesn't necessarily have to be a celebrity. Have a celebrity on every now and then. But it's about the conversation and Paddy Keelty, in my view, is well able to hold a conversation and, and to interview someone. Did you watch it last night? I watched the tail end of it, uh, as I said to you there. I've, uh, I, I'll be honest, I grew up with three channels. I'm 26. I know that sounds mad. Um, middle of nowhere. My dad said if you Where want... were you living if <laughs> you only had three channels if you're 26? Well, were you well, up a well, mountain? Well, my dad said, uh, if you want Sky, look up. And that was <laughs> that was his answer um, to us growing up. Like look, we went out and we, we played hurling and we... Went out on the farm and we did things like okay, that. Woman, it's yeah, all you know what I mean. But look, um, I, I diverge slightly. Um, so I look, the Late Late Show is still a big part. You, you know, a lot of people say the, no one minute. watches the Sorry, Late Late, Late Show. Doesn't work here. Even with it, even with an aerial. Twenty six <laughs> okay, years ago, can you I, could get can more I than just three explain, Anton? <laughs> I lived on a hill, and people might not know this, but um, there were actual satellite issues with TV3 uh, in certain parts of the country. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but there were certain parts of the country that couldn't get TV3. So I got RT1, RT2 and TG Cahar and I got the MTV shows from three years prior, Pimp My Ride and all the lot. What so, a, on VHS tape. At least you got something. John, final on that, the, the um, uh, celebrity booker issue. Are, are you surprised that because they never had one before Ace, you might have thought it was just the, re- the research and production teams that got all the guests. Well according to Finan Sheehan uh, who wrote the piece that the the backroom staff there were efficient in, in getting those guests. Uh, if you look at what the Taoiseach said during the week and I had broken this story back in July the future for RTE is a split of this kind of um, lighter um, show from public service broadcasting the, and the Taoiseach spoke about this he compared it to Erin Red Aaron that um, commercial would fund commercial, the state will fund uh, as best it can um, public service broadcasting. Unfortunately, Patrick Keelty's show has been caught between the stools now. I think it's going to be very difficult for him with this period of um, repairing a battleship as it, as it moves through the water and it's not been an auspicious start. John, thank you. Likewise, Aoife. John Lee, Executive Editor of DMG Media, the parent company of the Irish Daily Mail and Mail on Sunday and our own Aoife Kearns from News Talk. The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.